is a special report. Knowing how to invest your money is harder than ever before. Dealing with stock market volatility, record debt, and terrorist attacks requires new thinking. At U.S. Asset Management, we can help you see the world more clearly so that you can move beyond the chaos and invest with confidence. Call us, visit us online, or drop by our office. U.S. Asset Management, helping you make better decisions with your money. Hi, everybody. I'm Christine Dolan, and this is our CDM Globalists in Plain Sight show. This is our end of the year show, looking backwards and looking forwards to what we're doing. And I'm here today with our colleagues, Todd, Bill, and Kurt. Welcome, gents. Great to have be on, Christine. Thanks. Uh, so, you know, we're a news organization. We started the show about a year and a half ago, May 2022, because of everything that was happening over at the WHO. But, you know, the, the landscape of news has expanded in the last year. And Todd, you've been overseas in Israel, Poland, Ukraine. I mean, we're covering this, you know, night and day, and it seems like it's just expanding. Let's start with the 45,000 picture here uh, internationally of what's going on. Yeah, thanks, Christine. I, I wanted to uh, use this opportunity to just talk about the, the history of CDM and how we are different than other news organizations. Um, in 2016, I'm just going to take a, a step back in time here, and then I want to let you talk about your background, Christine, and your Vax injured stuff in a second. But, you know, I was writing for the Washington Times, and I had spent a lot of time in Ukraine, and I had just interviewed the head of the uh, National Anti-Corruption Bureau, Nobu, uh, Artem Sitnik. And I came back, and then this, article, this, this news story appeared in the New York Times that the black book of Paul Manafort uh, allegedly showed him, you know, off-book transactions, all this stuff. And I, I called the Nobu, and I talked to the, sec the press secretary. And I asked her, where did this come from? And she literally told me, oh, we just took that off the Internet. So I wrote a story for The Washington Times at that point. Uh, uh, can you bring that up, Bill? Uh, I will sure try to. Let's see yeah, if I get the right, right one. There. Yep, that's it. There we go. So this was in, I believe, August of 2016. And I, I'm showing you this. Okay, you can pull that down now. I, I want to show that to people just because we have been the real deal on Ukraine from the beginning, calling out the fraud. We talked about the, uh, you know, what was going on in Donbass with the ethnic cleansing. We talked about bringing, uh, you know, Brennan and others bringing Ukrainians into the U.S. to form Antifa in Seattle, along with, uh, you know, inside Black Lives Matter as well. We were the ones that, that broke the story of J6 protesters or J6 being infiltrated by Ukrainians and, and showed the videos of them speaking Russian and Ukrainian as they entered the building. We have a team on the ground and have had it for 10 years. Uh, we were the ones that outed Victoria Newland and Christia Freeland in Canada with their history of, uh, you know, Nazi past. Uh, we have 
as Kurt's going to talk about in, in a bit, we, we've been all over the Balkans now for almost a decade. We've got reporters all over this region. And the reason I'm bringing all this up is we had an incident last night, actually, where, um, and this has been kind of a recurring issue, we've had other news organizations taking our stories or seeing our stories, which, you know, this happens, we do the same, we report that other news organizations are reported to, but they've been essentially reading our site and then coming out with the same headlines, you know, two, three hours later, or sometimes even quicker. Throw that story up, Bill. I just want to, so this is a story we broke on Sarism yesterday, and yes, this was reported while around, but it it, it showed, uh, the, the point of the story was that Zelensky is desperation. This is an act of desperation and that Russia was going to respond heavily. And so we, that is the angle that we broke. Now, bring up the other one, Bill. Almost the exact headline from Gateway a couple hours later. So I found this really annoying and uh, just not cool. And so I wanted to highlight that. Uh, we are the ones that are in Ukraine and have been for some time. We have had uh, you know, I was there during the invasion. I've been to the front lines in Donbass. I have seen the war. I was shot at as the Russian paratroopers came down with cruise missiles landing all around me, walking across the Moldovan border, hiding from Russian troops in Venezia as, as you know, out west. So this is real. Um, and it's not just Ukraine. In Israel, we have been on the mark. We, you know, we were rocketed in, outside of Gaza and Starot. We were rocketed recently in Tel Aviv. Uh, we don't interview, you know, overweight uh, IDF reservists from New Jersey that come over for a few weeks. We actually go to the source and we interviewed General Cooperwasser, who was head of the strategic affairs for his, the IDF. We interviewed the chief of staff, of the Israeli ambassador. Um, we, we, we are the real deal. And I want people to realize that we, we are not, um, I guess, just clickbait, but we're real reporters. And I want Christine to talk about that in a minute. We've tried to be a team player, but we're just tired of being used and abused. And people need to give CDM the respect that it deserves. And um, I guess I'll stop there, Christine. But um, there's more to come that I want to talk about. But take it. I'll let you. Well, it's, you know, it's it's interesting, Todd, uh, because when you and I met, you know, I had said that I was going to take on the fraud with the Fauci and uh, Francis Collins and just the whole pharma industry. And, you know, we were the first ones that actually got people on the on camera, even though I'd been talking to them for months. There were many people who had taken the COVID shots and they were in the healthcare industry. And that's why they took it early. But they didn't want to go on camera because they were afraid of being called, you know, anti-vax. But then, you know, we, we launched that in uh, 21. I guess August 2021, and 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 the thing is that we've stayed with that story uh, all the way along, and and it's mm -hmm. and it's important for people to understand because we not only go to the stories overseas, we also go to this, we go to the real stories here in the United States, and and carry it with a heavy weight mm -hmm. because we don't we don't we don't just drop in and then do something and just to get the headlines. I mean, and and Kurt, I want to bring you in on this because you know you you. You, you've taken on the Balkans for a long period of time with Historia in, in books as well as the reporting for our Balkans paper. Mm -hmm. Yes, and what Todd said is absolutely true. I mean, numerous articles that we've posted in the Balkan first have been stolen then actually verbatim, word for word, um, by mm -hmm. other news organizations and just posted out there. It's 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 really uh, frustrating when you, when you see that kind of thing going on. Um, there's just you know, there's been so much going on in the Balkans, and I really think that, you know, we're the only organization out there that 
presents things, you know, from a, a non-globalist perspective, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. uh, so much of the reporting and even the understanding of politics, even on, you know, amongst people that we would generally think that we align with politically, uh, really have a poor understanding of what's really going on in the Balkans and, and you know, who the, who the players are and, and that. So it's um, really what we're doing um, with CDM is, is bringing people, you know, the kind of information that they're not going to find in other news sources. And that's and, called the Balkan.press, just for our audience's sake. Right. And, and then we also have, um, you know, several state papers from, from New York to Connecticut and Georgia. Bill, we want to bring you in on the conversation here because, you know, we've taken a deep dive in Georgia all over the place. I mean, there's so much going on in Georgia. It's like a, it's a you know, tinderbox. We've, we've spoken for months that the feeling <clears throat> has started and then has been proven that there's something about Georgia that is an epicenter for so many of the different dynamics we see playing out. Not just uh, not just the elections, not just the the COVID stuff, but many things. You know, the the stop Trump uh, initiatives that we see playing out all across the country. As it, as it relates to CDM, I, I kind of look at it in two respects. One is. It, it, in some ways, you might say, well, we must be doing many of the right things for people to focus on us and be picking up what we're covering. And at some point, uh, hopefully they will um, they will recognize that the, the source that they're drawing upon. At the same time, it, it encourages me because I think we're, we're covering the right stuff uh, and we're up, uh, actually covering it in many cases earlier than others. So. For example, um, Todd was um, in Poland recently and was talking about the dynamics playing out. And I'll let you expand on it, uh, Todd. But it was three weeks before anybody else really had even mentioned Poland as a, as a sort of a next dialogue coming out of Eastern Europe and because of Ukraine. And, and here we are, you know, three weeks later and people are talking about it. And Todd's standing there in the square and noting how the dynamics are so different in that country, yet if it plays out the way that, uh, that you've thought, it, it may not always be that way as we go forward, Todd. So I'll, let me flip that back to you if you'd like. Yeah, so we, we were early, um, and other people have been talking about this. I'm not saying we're the only ones that broke the story, but we, we were definitely the ones that highlighted the looming collapse of Poland Christian, Polish Christianity and the, uh, the country as we know it. You know, I stood in a, a conference in Warsaw with a bunch of young kids and you're in a beautiful building. It's clean. There's no trash. Uh, people obey the law. You know, they get mad at you if you walk across, if you jaywalk. I mean, it's, it's just a, a beautiful, beautiful city with, you know, you go, I went, I walked through the park. I walked by the, uh, the missing or the um, tomb of the unknown soldier. And there's a huge cross there. I was at a meeting with a bunch of lawyers and get this, the bell rings and they're all Catholic, of course, and they get up and they pray in the middle of in the middle of their work day. All of them in the hallway. I mean, like 25 people. These are all attorneys. You're not going to see that in the U.S., right? So, um, you know, and then so I, I just was highlighting all of this. And I told these I told these young people, these young kids, look, all of this is going to be gone within a year because of your cha government change that a lot of you young kids voted for. And, I, and the guy said, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. This was a you know twenty something guy, and I was like, "Wow, man, you Twinkie. have no idea." Twinkie. What's that? I called them Twinkies. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I don't want to denigrate them, but they they don't understand. And I heard somebody was talking, I think it was on, um, I forget what show, about how they, the, the educational system has just destroyed the ability to even have respect uh, for your elders. And that's not the point of this show because we have a lot of young writers as well. But um, the, the issue is that they don't understand what's coming following this globalist agenda that doesn't lead to happiness. It doesn't lead to safety. It doesn't lead to families. It doesn't lead to real, you know, uh, a, a good life. It, it leads to crime, disease. Look at Portland. You know, there, there's stories today about diarrhea all over the, all over the sidewalks in the coming, uh, third world bacterial epidemic epidemic in Poland. I mean, that is what's coming, uh, excuse me, in Portland. That's what's coming to Poland. And so, yes, uh, we were early on that story. I think you have a clip, Bill. I do, I do. Let me, let me pull it up. It's just a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Warsaw, Poland. I'm coming to you from Central Europe. Uh, this is Eurobytes, our series. Uh, there's usually four of us you might know, but we're going to start something new. We're going to be doing hits, single man hits around Europe as we travel. You know, CDM has been on the Ukraine story since 2019. We were one of the first and the most voluminous reporting on what is happening in Central Europe, Eastern Europe. And we're gonna continue that uh, in Ukraine, but we're also gonna talk about Central Europe, Poland and Hungary, and do a lot of reporting here. Uh, the one thing you notice when you come to Poland is that uh, it's Christmas and you can see all the decorations and they're not afraid to say Christmas and not afraid to experience it and, and experience joy about it. But it's also very clean. Uh, there's no homeless. At least I'm in the old town, at least here in the mainly tourist areas. Uh, there's no uh, there's no trash. Uh, the Wi-Fi works. It, it's quite amazing. So I would highly recommend going to Warsaw's old city. We're going to be having a lot of meetings with senior government officials like we just did in Israel. I just left. And we're going to continue to bring you the international news that CDM is famous for. So Central Europe is going to be a focus in the next few months. What's happening here in Central Europe, in Poland, is that the EU, the tyrannical EU, is essentially trying to impose its will on the Polish and Hungarian people in Slovakia and other regions to change their culture. You know that they have done it in America. We just had 10 million immigrants illegally. We don't even know where they are. The Biden regime is doing that. They're trying to do that here from Brussels, but Poland and Hungary have resisted that. So we want to get to the bottom of it. There's been a, a setback here in Poland in that the prime minister, Mira Wieski, has essentially lost the election. He didn't lose. He still has the most in, in parliament, the Law and Justice Party, but he lost control, meaning that he no longer can form a government. He's given, been given two weeks to form a government. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. And Donald Tusk, the EU spokesman, is looking to possibly probably be prime minister in Poland. That's going to bring serious change. So we want to report on possibly the fall of Poland as we know it, bring you what we're seeing today, the cleanliness, the civilization that is here in Central Europe of old. And this is the old Austrian-Hungarian Empire. The architecture is amazing. This is what Christianity brought to the world. And we want to report on possibly the fall of Christianity in Poland with the new Donald Tusk government coming online. So this is what we're going to be discussing over the next uh, several weeks. And we'll be having other reporters come here as well and talk to you throughout Europe. So you're going to have the Eurobytes team giving reports in Germany, UK, and elsewhere. Uh, but for now, this is L. Todd Wood, and I'll see you next time. And we'll be bringing you the latest that we find from government officials here in Poland. Thank you.
you know, Todd, when you're on, when you know we have people on the ground. What I find to be fascinating about what we're trying to do as a news organization is we're going down to the local levels, uh, not just listening to the bureaucrats and getting reports, you know, from, from the people at the top. We're actually, you know, inserting ourselves into listening to what the what the people are feeling because many times I think when we see these these tsunami waves of cultural change. A lot of people don't really understand. Once this goes away, once we've flipped to the other side of the mountain, there's no going back. That's true. You know? I mean, That's it's, it, it's, it's in, and we, we see this and if people do not understand that their way of life is going down the tubes, I, I don't know if we can, I, I don't know what else we can do other than tell people to you know wake up and pay attention. Yeah, and uh, the you know, jumping back to Ukraine for a minute, uh, there there are or there are no other uh, call it uh, I don't want to say conservative I guess America First or you know truth telling news organizations that have reporters in Ukraine that I know of. I mean, that there's people that may send somebody over there for a few days, a week, and you know right. take a train somewhere, but there's nobody that's had reporters even today on the ground, and there's nobody that has even spent more than a week there. Uh, so why would you listen to some of these other people who are saying they know what's going on in Ukraine, you know, no matter what their background is, because they, they seriously just don't. Uh, you know, I'll give you an example. This issue with Prigozhin when he was running Wagner's troops in Donbass and there was a revolt. And, you know, I was on another show and I said, look, this is a real revolt. And there was some, you know, ludicrous theory. Oh, well, it's really a, a reason to move Wagner up to Belarus and attack Kiev from the north. And I'm like, are you kidding? This is a revolt. This is what my sources are telling me. And then a week later, you know, Putin blows his airplane out of the sky and kills the guy. So obviously we were right. And it, it wasn't some, you know, 4D chess move to move mercenaries around, which was just ridiculous. So and, but that story, nobody's talking about their narrative anymore. That quietly disappeared. So I, I just find it. um I guess what what I want to say to people is if you want the real truth early from really reporters on the ground, a real global news organization without the globalist spin, as Kurt says, come to CDM and check out all all of our sites and 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 get it. It's there for the taking. So let's let's talk about uh, the stories themselves. OK, so internationally for 2023, uh, let, let's go back a little bit because we've got Ukraine, we have Israel, we've got the, you know, I don't know how many ships the U.S. blew up, that the Houthis were running in the waves uh, at sea today. I think it was three, um, you know, and there'll probably be more about that. We've got Iran, we've got the hits on the U.S. troops, you know, in the Middle East. Um, Todd, let me ask you this. Where do you think this is going for 2024? And how will it affect the, do you think it'll affect the, the elections? It's very obvious to me. And this is a story, again, we've been on and we've asked people on the ground. You know, I was meeting with an, an Israeli operative who I think was likely Mossad um, in Israel. And I, in the question she asked me was, why isn't everybody concerned about American troops being hit in Iraq and Syria? Because mm -hmm. you have troops over there and nobody's concerned. And I said, because people are sick of these forever wars. They mm -hmm. want our troops out. And, you know, they're not going to push for another war because, you know, you got 20 people vets killing themselves a day from suicide. I mean, this is we, we want out of this area. Everything we've been told is a lie and we don't trust anything. And I think that is the major story, because as soon as the Ukrainian funding started to look to dwindle in Congress, boom, we have another war. And, you know, we've talked about this at length. 
Um, that border down there on Gaza, I've been there. I've been rocketed there uh, in Sderot, uh, literally landed right next to me. I had the video. I mean, that is a border that you can't sneak up on. I mean, they have so much surveillance technology. And even if you were to cross the border, uh, the IDF has air bases all around and, uh, you know, attack helicopters, Apaches, which were eventually used. But there were guys coming down from Tel Aviv, driving down with their reservist rifles to go try to protect the kibbutz. It takes an hour to drive from Tel Aviv to southern Israel or longer. Mm -hmm. So the IDF didn't show up for seven or eight hours. That is just simply impossible. So the story to me is that this war was engineered. It was made. It was wanted just like Ukraine was. And so we they want a bigger war in the Middle East. And that's why do we have uh, ships in the Red Sea? It's a shooting gallery. It's a closed area. You can't maneuver because they want to be shot at so they can shoot back so they can start a bigger conflict. I mean, we've got 100,000 troops in the area. You know, I, I think the Israeli population is being abused along with the Palestinians. And, you know, you, you have IDF soldiers, previous ones who say, and what happened is impossible. A dog can't walk up to that fence without being seen and stopped. And then you have literally troops inside the IDF in the south telling their commanders there's something happening. We need to get people here. We need to prepare. And they were told, shut up. You're going to go to jail. Literally, that was the quote from their senior command. So we got to get to the bottom of this and find out why this happened and we need to expose it because there is a reason behind it. And I think that is the biggest, biggest story right now. Well, there's also, there's also the reporting LCC had, had, had forewarned Israel, but said things were, they, they were getting intelligence on in Egypt that things were going to happen before October 7th. And it, and it is an untold, I mean, it's an underreported story. Israel's put the, you know, put their foot down and said, we're, you know, we're not going to do our investigation. And er, in, until after the war, um, the never-ending war that's going on over there now since October, you know, seventh. But at the same time, it has to be reported because it's certainly, you know, immediately after that attack on October seventh is when Biden said, "Okay, fine, I want you know a hundred billion dollars for for um, Zelensky, for Bibi, and for you know the Indo-Pacific." In other words, China. Um, and so they, they have their horizon. So the question, the question is to, to Kurt and to Bill, when you guys are down on the local level and you're out West Kurt and Bill, you're in the South in Georgia, do you think, cause normally in, uh, presidential elections, foreign affairs is not a big issue. People take a look at, you know, the, the price of eggs and you know, what's going on with the economy. But do you think this, this will be different in 2024 in Nevada and Georgia in terms of foreign policy affecting voters? I kind of doubt that it's going to affect voters out here, honestly. I mean, the economy is just the, the biggest issue for, for the average voter. And, and most people, unfortunately, are not really that well versed in what's going on overseas. I mean, despite, you know, all the news and everything, unless they're, you know, politically astute, they're not really aware of what's happening in, you know, in, in Ukraine or in, I mean, they have an idea of, you know, everybody's tired of Ukraine and tired of, you know, sending endless amounts of money there into mm -hmm. this, this abyss. But, but I don't think that's going to be the key factor in, in their voting decision. I really think it's, it's going to be the economy out here. Um, Bill, what are your thoughts? So I would agree that economy is probably going to be the number one uh, thought in many people's minds. The, the difference here is uh, we have what I hope to be a, um, 
enough eyes and ears paying attention that we can help educate them going through the elections as to why the international stuff makes a difference. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, Rich McCormick is going to have to run again. Rich is going to be running in a, a new district based on the uh, district maps that have just been approved by uh, federal judge Jones. And he'll be running in the seventh district. Um, in that he's going to have a whole new a slew of people to convince, hey, I'm the right guy. Problem is, he's got a track record of standing up for money going to Ukraine. And, uh, you know, we've published pictures of him meeting with Zelensky. Um, if you uh, toggle over to the presidential election, um, you know, uh, kudos to Laura Loomer uh, for bringing out the fact that one of uh, Nikki Nimrata, Haley's uh, largest donors, I think the, the largest donor, um, is a Zelensky crony. So in a normal cycle, would, would international affairs be that big a deal? I agree with Kurt, not, not normally. Um, but from our perspective, I think we're going to try to make it part of the cycle because it needs to be. People need to understand you judge folks based on what they do, the company they keep, the actions they take. And we've got some track record with these guys we can help educate the voters on. Well, one of the big things out here, though, I mean, that kind of relates to foreign policy, of course, is the border crisis, because mm-hmm. we're really affected mm-hmm. by that here in Nevada. So uh, that's an issue that's, you know, turning more and more actually Hispanic voters toward the GOP because of because of the policies of the Biden administration. So that's inter- it's interesting to bring up the the Hispanic voters, Kurt. The, one of the things we've heard here in Georgia is. Um, to their credit, many of these folks have gone through the proper process and come to the country in recent generations, um, recent enough that within their family memory, they remember where they came from. Cubans are a good example, but, but there's others that have come up from South America or wherever. They understand what they came from, and I've, I've been lucky enough to hear from them that they will they will fight anything they need to do not to go back to that and not to let it happen here. They're some of the most uh, resolute um, fans, um, uh, constituents for conservatism, I think, uh, at least in Georgia. So, All right. So why don't we take a break right now and then um, come back and let's let's talk about more, get more into 2024 and the issues that are before us, because I want to pick up more on what Kurt just said about the border. I will do that in a few seconds, but I just, I'm reading some headlines at one of our competitors and I just wanted to say, I promise you, these will never be on CDM. Why to put fabric softener in the toilet at night if you're alone? Um, Put a toilet paper roll under the toilet seat at night if you're alone. Top ED doctors found Nobel Prize winning way to stiffen the pole in seconds. And you won't have anything about gummy bears uh, pot gummy bears or toe fungus. I promise you on CDM. So now, now that, from a patriotic standpoint, I assume they're not talking about the American flagpole. Is that, no, is that a not. fair job? They're not. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's gonna be a good day.
morning, baby. Shipping beef this Monday. We do have a little bit left available here. Check us out, familyfarmbeefbox.com. Thanks. Have a good day. And real quick, well, I, uh, if you could pull up that uh, thing with Marjorie, Bill, we, we have a new relationship with Marjorie Wildcraft at the Grow Network. If you go to cdmfood.com, you can learn a wealth of information that you I, I guarantee you don't know about how to grow food in a small space with not a lot of effort, nutrition, and, and really how to be resilient with nutrition for your family. So cdmfood.com. And back to Christine. So uh, yesterday, guys, I mean, when we're talking about 2024 and uh, Kurt, you brought up the border. I, I interviewed these are pre-interviews. and We're going to we're going to start to release them in the beginning of January. But these, these are people from different walks of life who were part of our system um, to either on the intel side or on the escort side to take children and bring them to where they're supposed to be brought to. Uh, with our system because of all the insanity going on on the border. And so I've, I've interviewed, uh, I'm in touch with probably about 10 whistleblowers. And it's very interesting to me because our HHS department, under which this program, the, it's the Office of Refugees, uh, comes underneath that um, department. And they're basically trying to pass some policy now where, in fact, whistleblowers can't speak up to anybody at Congress. So the, the, Grassley's getting involved. Uh, these people are going to come forward. Some of them have already testified. But it's very interesting to me how when we talk about censorship, it's not just so much that people talk about malinformation, disinformation. Now, all of a sudden, we're, we're seeing where federal employees are basically told, no, you can't report crimes. If we're abusing children, you can't report the crimes to anybody. And, and I think that, you know, there, there's a shift here in America that people have to understand. If we, if, and, and I guess we can just say this is um, because, you know, I'm sort of the, the, the godmother of, you know, human trafficking. I've been covering for almost a quarter of a century. There should be no country in the world, no government, no employee, no, no president. No pope or president should ever tell anybody not to report if there are crimes happening against children because we have now, ICE came out on Friday with a report of, I think it's uh, 6 million, but the estimates are that there's, you know, there's a hell of a lot more, it might be 2 more million of people that are have come into this country and we have more than 85,000 undocumented kids. And I asked one of these guys who actually escorts these kids, I said, what's the youngest that you have ever had to deliver? And he said, three years of age, three months, sorry, three, three months. And I'm thinking to myself, what is going on with this country? What's going on with Washington, D.C. when we don't have people morally outraged enough to say, shut this down? And that's where we're at. And I think I think it's I think people need to understand, you know, it's not just how many people show up in Chicago or Denver or in Nevada or in New York. I talked to a man yesterday and I'm going to do an interview with him on air. He was the manager of a hotel in New York City at 39th Street where they had 5,000 people there. And they have a restaurant that comes in three times a day and sets up on every floor food for the three meals for these people. And we're all paying for this. And I also learned that if a child says to somebody, I want to go home. It doesn't matter if they're 10 years of age. We don't have anything in our system 
to take them back to Venezuela or to take them back to Colombia. I mean, this is so broken. It's not just people coming across the border. It's we're taking away people's freedoms and we're abusing people because of this policy. And I don't know if Americans really care, okay? Because this has been going on so long and we, we have people now that are coming to us and telling us, you know, that they were there in 2013 and 14. So this is a repeat of everything that had happened, only it escalated to the point that we have more volume today than ever before. And we're all sitting back and saying, oh, it's a border issue. No, it's, it's, it's more than that, it's abuse. It's abuse because people are telling people to come here. People are, you know, whether we're in bed with the cartels or not, we're abusing people. And it, it's, to me, it's something that, that everybody in this country needs to put their foot down and say, you know, get these people out of here and, 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 and that, are, that are doing this because this is being done by people in our government. Hmm. It's a shame, it's a shame. Bill, how many, how many people do you think that you have uh, from the border down there in Georgia? Oh, you know, you can't get a, a solid count, but my guess is based on the number that they say have entered to the, the country, I'm betting we're at 300,000, maybe as high as 500,000. And the reason is because many counties are reporting a, a vast influx. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, but they're also diffused, I think, across the across the state. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there, somebody said the other day that you could you could bring in people, you know, several thousand into many communities around uh, nearby Atlanta, and they would go into the population and you almost could never find them again. They'd be diffused into the population. So we don't know. There is a, a push going on because uh, the law says that uh, children, even if they are undocumented, must be allowed into uh, school. There is a push to uh, query the schools individually or as districts to find out how many what are called 999 students they have. That is, that's the number that they use to designate a student that does not have a um, uh, residency or citizenship notification and, in fact, doesn't have a Social Security number. And so by doing that, we might be able to come up with some estimates. But it's, it's a high number. Add to that the fact that news has come out that uh, Delta Airlines appears to be helping uh, move some of these people um, doesn't apparently want to talk very much about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's been other reports of folks getting dropped off at airports and going to whether it's Delta flights or some other types of flights. And we're, we're clearly a hub for that. You know, there's uh, you know, we're still the biggest airport in the country on a daily basis. And so you have to believe a lot of moving through Atlanta and uh, somebody brought up the, uh, the case the other day. Well, what if you buy them a ticket to New Orleans, but it, goes through Atlanta, how do you know they didn't get off the plane and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and stay? So. Well, I, I was just up in North Georgia at Amicola Falls in that area. And uh, a lot of migrants, I mean, it's, it's different up there in the mountains than it used to be for sure. Mm -hmm. And Kurt, what are you seeing on the streets in Nevada? Well, here in Las Vegas, you see some of that. Um, a lot of the immigrants though, in, in our situation are in, you know, California and Arizona. So the ones that make it up as far as Nevada, um, but there's not, um, you know, it's, it's a very big state and, you know, people can be spread out across. I mean, it's, it's not a very urban state apart from Las Vegas, you know, in Reno, that's about it. So um, people are spread out throughout, but, but they're attracted to California, particularly because of all the benefits that the government offers over there. Yeah, so That's helping keep out of Nevada for the time being until the Democrats here 
you know, if they ever succeed in bringing the California style reforms they want to bring here. <laughs> to well, California is different. That's for certain. So um, do, do you guys think that the COVID issue is going to, is going to have more traction than the, the, the inflation and the economy? I, I keep on thinking it's, you know, it's the economy. I think that they want to, um, I, I think they have used that arrow in their quiver and there's something else that they have planned. This is my thought, whether it be a, a cyber attack or a terror issue with everybody that's being led into our country. Um, you know, I was, I was with a person who I trust a few weeks ago in Florida and they said they were on a call with a bunch of, uh, call it Patriot, uh, law enforcement types and that they they said there are 6,000 terror teams in the U.S. right now ready to go, just waiting, and they're going to shut down commerce by shooting you if you go to the grocery store across the country all at once, which will destroy the economy. So that's one option. I think they have something in mind. I don't know what it is. What do you think, Bill? You so think COVID, you think the COVID is, is passing us? Is, is an issue well um i didn't i didn't prepare it for now but if folks go to the cdc site you will know, notice a vast uptick in the last four weeks on flu i'll call it okay mm -hmm. uh notably uh and i've done the research myself on this if you look at the flu chart back in 2020 and 2021 it looked like we had no flu in the u.s it was nearly flatlined so mm -hmm. is or what we seeing what somebody would like to make us believe is COVID or something more nefarious than flu. I don't know. I do know that a lot of people are getting it. I had it this week. I had what I call flu <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, took took a number of things. But in the course of that, um, I will share that I tried to get ivermectin locally and couldn't, couldn't get it. I called up to Tennessee where they can sell it over the counter and found that the major pharmacies do not carry human ivermectin available typically. Can't get it at the major grocery store that everybody goes to. Can't get it at the major pharmacy that everybody goes to. One of the pharmacy employees was kind enough to say for her family, this is a resident of Tennessee, because the place that she works doesn't carry it. She went to a farm supply place to get it. Now, luckily enough, I was able to contact a doctor that we use that's in another state and uh, found that a formulating pharmacy here in Atlanta can make it. And so we, we did get it. But what I see going on is there is still a push, whether it be corporate, whether it's emotional, whether it's uh, more nefarious than that, a push to keep things that are now proven to be effective against certain um, conditions, whether it's flu or COVID or whatever it is, and keep them out of our hands. And it kind of goes back to the work that we've been doing with you know, the wellness company and others trying to help push their emergency medical kit. The things mm -hmm. that Todd and, and yourself and others have been talking about, the fact that these might not be available turns mm -hmm. out to, in fact, be the truth. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons I bring it up is it goes back to what Todd said earlier. We're out on the front edge of this thing telling people this is unfortunately one of the things that may happen. And here we are. And I, I found out it to be absolutely true through personal experience. So I think at the end of the day, if people don't have that weird experience, they, they will continue, I think, to look at what are, what does my family need? What am I hurting about? Probably going to be economy. There may be something else that happens that scares them even more, and that might push that um, 
decision-making element in a new direction, or at least color it toward health, toward freedom itself, maybe. Who knows? But um, we've seen more people um, getting more involved than we've ever seen, I think, before. And uh, we, we are coming up to a time when I think that's going to be uh, required. Attention, at the very least, uh, action at the best, I think. So, and participation and voting. They have that's to correct. That, they have that's to vote. correct. They have to and, and help others vote and help others understand. Mm-hmm. You know, one person may not be, be able to affect 10,000. They can affect five on their block. You know, that's that's right. all it takes. That's right. Kurt, let's talk about the books. Um, so, you know, we have our imprint with you and for the books that are coming out this, because I think some of them, you know, especially the United book, I, I think the, the is, is going to be mind blowing to people when they find out what happened at United Airlines. Yes, indeed. We, we launched, of course, Vindicta Publishing, which is the joint venture between CDM and History of Books this past year with, uh, with Todd's book, uh, Paying the Price, The Untold Story of the Iranian Resistance, which uh, is a very, very timely book. And I certainly would encourage everyone to, everyone to, to get a copy of that. Um, you can either get that at historyofbooks.com or, or any major book retailer. Um, Although that was a, that was the the start of, of this project and, and the first book that we had we put out together, uh, we have a, a strong lineup for 2024, um, including as you just mentioned, Wings for Liberty and Justice, which is the story of is going to be the story of the the United employees and and how they were treated and forced vaccination, um, and everything. So that that's going to be an, a very important book and very timely again because there's an ongoing lawsuit, of course, you know, tied to that book as. You well know, Christine, because I know you're you're very involved with that. But we also have a, a number of other titles, including um, your own book, Christine, Shattered Innocence, which mm-hmm. really gets back into what we were talking about earlier with the human trafficking and everything. I mean, this is this is really a a gripping memoir that is um, is going to really. Um, it's open. good. Well, it's 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 the story of how I woke up, and and and. and it, it has some pivotal points because, uh, you know, in 2000, I didn't believe. So I'm where a lot of I was where a lot of people were when they read the book um, where they say, oh, it doesn't happen in my backyard. Yes, it does. It can. It will. It does. It's right. It, because of technology now. And, and, be, and when we take a look at the border, it's not about sovereignty. It's about it's a human trafficking policy uh, at the southern border right now. And there's a human trafficking disaster that's happening in Europe, and there's going to be one in the Middle East eventually. So it, the, these are policies that set in motion migrations that, in fact, flip into and morph into human trafficking. But go on with the list. No, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's hopefully going to open a lot of eyes, um, mm-hmm. just like the whole subject did yours. Um, and then a couple of other books that, that you're involved with as well, one in the name of God about the scandal in the Catholic Church. So maybe mm-hmm. you want to read a little bit more on that. Well, it's still ongoing. I mean, that's institutional trafficking. I, I, now, I've always thought that somebody in the world should, you know, some prosecutor should charge um, these, the church for trafficking because they, they claimed that they did not know anything about it when, in fact, they've had a policy going back to the third and the sixth century of how they deal with, with the, um, the pederasts that have been, you know, associated with the Catholic Church. But they also have known about, you know, the numerous cases through the years. And it's not something that's just recent whatsoever. It goes back centuries. No, absolutely. And this book, this book really lays that out for people to understand the, the whole origins of that, of that, you know, tragic issue. Mm-hmm. The, um, 
other one is urban legends, which you were talking about earlier. Uh, you know, the COVID vaccine injured. Mm -hmm. uh, this book is is going to address you know that topic head on and, and with actual case studies of people that have, have suffered from being forced to to take the vaccines. Um, do you want to talk a little? And, well, that's that's a heartbreaking one because um, a lot of these people didn't want to tell their stories initially. They didn't want to, as I said before, they didn't want to be called anti-vax. Um, but then, you know, they, because they were in the healthcare industry, they they were not only hurt, they not only had vascular and neurological injuries that to date have never been officially recognized by the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, the NIAID, or the White House, but they have never received any help to cure them. So these are, maybe this is a, you know, minor in terms of, you know, the numbers of people who have taken the shots, but, the, but these are real and they, they want to be acknowledged and they're, they're coming forward and they're giving their whole history. And it's, 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 it's incredible because they have seen so many doctors, they've been tested so many times, they've been told, no, this is in your head. Uh, no, it's not. This is, these are physical ailments that they have. And they have never, nobody really is well. Nobody's really recovering as, I mean, they're coping, but they're not really being cured because they're, they're not getting, they're just, they're not getting the treatment because the institution again is not recognizing the injuries. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. No. And we have a, we have a few other, other books of, you know, with of, of interest coming out uh, under the Vindicta publishing imprint this year and including uh, a book on on the Romanov princess Anastasia and that whole mystery. Um, so it's um, by John Frobel Parker, and it's um, it's it's an interesting take on on the whole mystery. And I, I think it'll intrigue a lot of people that have been fascinated by that throughout the years. So uh, that should be a should be a book that attracts a lot of attention. Yeah, that that story is is fascinating to me. Actually, um, uh, you know, essentially. Um, there's a story of how she may have escaped and then there's evidence that that may be exactly what happened. So it's fascinating, uh, fascinating. Yeah. It's always been a mystery, hasn't it? It's, it's never really left the headlines. Yeah. Never, never has gone away. And then uh, they made movies about it and everything else. But, uh, mm -hmm. but this book is a totally new take on that. So I think it'll be of, of interest to, to well, it's, it's technology, right? Because they did facial recognition and there's an exact match. So um, exactly. that, you know, you can make your own decisions <laughs> after you read the book. Now, are we releasing Larry Batad's book too? Uh, well, we're talking with Larry right, right now about that. Uh, mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll have more news on that in the, in, the, in the coming weeks, I think. Okay. Well, that's good. And then uh, I, thought, I thought we were going to um, release uh, Kelly O'Mara's. We're working on that as well. We've got to go with get Kelly... Uh, coordinate with Kelly to, to get that done. But that's an important, that's an important book. So I, I hope we'll, we'll be moving forward with, on that one shortly. And that's one of the things that we're going to be covering in 2024 is um, how, how do we reform farmer? Because we have a big discussion about guns, taking away guns because people, because of mass shootings or setting mm -hmm. up medical clinics at schools and giving kids more um, medicine. Okay. Psychotropics. And Kelly's Kelly was really out in front 30 years ago and reporting again at the Washington Times, um, everything about that, that there was a there was a link between what she called cocktails, which is psychotropic drugs, antidepressants, 
and people who, you know, had turned into mass shooters. And she actually went and she examined and got as many records as she possibly could of the mass shooters and what drugs that they were on. So it's it's a very it's and that's timely because that is one of the topics that you have and you have it built. Bill, that's a topic that it, I guess you know everybody has in Georgia. We've, we've talked about it, and also you know in places like Tennessee because that's where you know people are paying. They want to have these medical clinics in the schools with the kids and basically take away parental rights and have the schools put these kids on these drugs, which is not always so good. Yep, they've already implemented uh, the ability to have, you know, public-private partnerships running those clinics. They're going into into effect now. There's a huge amount of concern. We've had uh, some of the folks that uh, locally here in uh, Forsyth County have stood up and said, "Oh, wait, there's there's legislation that prevents them from doing anything without the parents' consent." But you know, that's been said so many times in the past that that doesn't assuage many fears. Very frankly, there's always the chance that. You know, somebody acting on whether they believe it to be the right thing or whether just just what they want to do, they um, guide a child without the parents' full knowledge, and all of a sudden you end up in a problem because you're not dealing with something that's uh, clearly answerable to the people. It's public-private, so mm-hmm. there's concerns there. Yeah, and- it is, and, and I and I think that you know, going into 2024, we're going to do more reporting on um, parents who have spoken out. Uh, parents who have demonstrated, and in some cases from Massachusetts to Connecticut, parents have been indicted, and it's an extraordinary because there's trumped up charges. And so we're going to be doing a lot more reporting on that and parental rights for 2024. And people need to start paying attention because this is a different climate. I mean, Todd, when you were saying earlier how you know kids in Poland don't realize that they have it so good and things could swept away, well, people don't understand. You have the right to speak out in this, in this country. You did until the last couple of years and now all of a sudden they're criminalizing it and that's that 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 that's that's not where this country should be going well and then you know a common theme that's going throughout all of these topics that we've been talking about and in, in, in a lot of these books is is the role of big pharma mm-hmm. that's that's really what it what it people aren't talking about enough about because of course they control you know a large portion of the media industry and everything else and and of course, CDM is not sponsored by big media, big pharma. So, no, no, I, I, I don't, I'm not a friend of big pharma. I mean, you know, people, people can call me anti-vax. I'm anti-pharma corruption. I mean, well, it, it's essentially fascism. I mean, it's big pharma. It's big ag. It's, it's big medical. It's big all of it that's tied into the government, national security state, to harm citizens, to make money at their expense, um, yep. and to control. Right. Right. One one thing you talked about earlier too, Christine, the fact that you have whistleblowers that are that are coming forward. Um, mm-hmm. The notion of leveraging the knowledge that people have that in at an individual level they may be concerned about bringing forward for safety, for fear of reprisal, whatever. Um, I think has been one of the things that that's helped us here in Georgia. Um, to uncover as many things as we have. Um, people know a lot, <clears throat> in my view. Mm-hmm. They they may not have the individual means to uh, broadcast it or bring it out in a broad way, but if they find um, our people, our teams all across the country, even internationally, uh, trustworthy over time, they seem to bring that to us and say, 
I think this means something. Can you do something with it? And mm -hmm. in, in many cases, we've been able to do that. And I would, I think that's probably going to be a key as we get into 2024. I think a lot of people have one heck of a lot of information and, you know, as, as Todd and, and you said earlier, you know, we're willing to bring out stuff that others won't touch. It's just, it's either too, still too controversial or, you know, they think it's, um, from a business st standpoint, maybe detrimental. Um, but it has to be said. It has to be brought out. And uh, I think that may be one of our key strengths as we go forward. We're willing to do that. And we could leverage what people know through our teams uh, mm -hmm. and then uh, help them bring that truth forward. And we're not, you know, we're not, we're not rock and roll reporters. We're serious reporters for anybody who's listening, who has any information, you know, we can, you can reach out to us and, you know, I can talk to you and walk you through it. And, and as if you are in a lawsuit, you know, I always say to them, you know, let me talk to your, your, your attorney as well, because we're not out to harm people. We, you know, people who, who are whistleblowers have a right to be protected and we protect our sources but we also find a way to figure out because you know we've been in the business for a long time how do we do the reporting and protect our sources as well because some people don't want to be fingered they don't want to be you know they don't want to be spit on in public or anything like that so you know we, we have been very fortunate and to any of our whistleblowers that are listening to the show i just want to show my you know deep appreciation for for everyone who has come forward and given us a lot of information because we, we, we all the time, I, you know, I, I, once or twice a week, I get somebody who calls me up who just wants to, you know, I've got this information. What, what do you think? And it's mm -hmm. been, it's been very good for our leads and stories. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, speaking of controversial topics, there's, there's one other book I wanted to mention that we're going to have coming out this spring, which is um, a book on the whole Ukraine situation by, mm -hmm. Frequent CDM guest, uh, Thierry Laurent. Maybe, Todd, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I met Thierry through uh, General Vallely, uh, and we had extensive conversations. And he, we did, interviewed him twice on Ukraine SITREP, which has become a very popular show. And uh, so he has really some, uh, I guess, on-the-ground experience, as all of our people do in Ukraine. He was there for a decade. Uh, connected to the French intelligence community, and I, I think really will be an explosive book as to, I don't think Americans understand. I mean, we've reported a lot of it, but if you really connect the dots, essentially Ukraine is a, I call it the, uh, you know, the, the place where organized crime can do whatever they want. And, and, that, and that is, you know, a safe if crime, a safe zone for organized crime. And it goes from interfering in elections to massive money laundering, to human trafficking, to, uh, just all type of criminal activity that's been run out of there now for some time against the United States, against Bernie Sanders, against Donald Trump. And uh, I think theory is going to really connect the dots on all of that, that at a level that we most people probably don't know. Yeah, that'll be an, it'll be an explosive book. Yeah. So that's, that's our whip around. Anybody else want to join in and say something? before? Yeah. We I, I want to give kind of an overview. I don't think people really understand what CDM is. We are a global network. We have we started in Eastern Europe, the Middle East, in the Balkans. Uh, we've spent extensive time everywhere. We have reporters in those regions. I just had a Ukrainian refugee family at my house for a year uh, who got out. Uh, so we know what's happening in these areas. So we have Eastern European sites. We have 
Israel. We have the Balkans at the Balkan.press that uh, Kurt runs. We All of this flows into CDM.press, which is kind of the mothership main site. But we have a military site, armedforces.press, which has been quite impactful. We have Hispanic, CDM Espanol. We have seven papers across the United States, the Miami Independent, the Georgia Record, Connecticut Sentinel, the Manhattan.press, the Easton Gazette in Maryland, uh, the Colorado Free Press, the Montana Sentinel, which is blowing the doors off in Montana. And we have the Utah paper coming on soon. We don't have a name for that yet, but we have teams on the ground and you talk about reporting and sources. I mean, people have a lot of information and they really want to get it out. So we are growing. Please support us. Our no ad subscriptions, you get access to all those sites with no advertisements. And we are coming in 2024. We're going to be launching sometime in the new year, a 24-7 streaming operation with all our great video content. That's the other thing, Bill. Uh, talk about our video content and how it's grown massively with all of our shows. You've been heavily involved in that. Well, it's it's interesting. The uh, Just here in Georgia, we started with um, the Georgia show on Sunday afternoons once a week. And as we get into the legislative session, which is now almost a year old, we found we were, you know, we were pushing the, the envelope on trying to get everything communicated in an hour. So we went to an extra show. Um, and now we're we're formally at two full shows a week. We also uh, want to make sure that people have the opportunity to look at the other facets of the way that we look at things. You mentioned the Balkans earlier, Eurobytes that you've done with the team over in in Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, this show, the you know globalist in plain sight. Everybody that has a, a a notion about what's going on has some, um, in my view, kind of a, a set of lenses they're looking at and that are important to them. Somewhere in that schema of shows, and I guess we're up to what, eight or nine now, yeah. Todd, is that right? Mm -hmm. Somewhere in that scheme of shows is one or more that is going to um, resonate with almost everybody that's involved. Um, they, they, will, they will have a focus on, you know, may, maybe it's elections, maybe it's health, maybe it's, you know, um, uh, strange and, and uh, inf interesting information that's coming out about the military or that, you know, something historical about the military. Somewhere in that um, schema of shows, they will find something that's meaningful to them. And hopefully, having started in one of those shows, they'll broaden and actually get to see more of what CDM's producing on a, on a global and, and uh, regular basis. We're you know, we're lucky enough to have good partners uh, that are helping distribute and uh, syndicate those shows and uh, and the promise of some new ones coming forward, we hope, in the in the coming weeks. So, um, yes, our distribution is growing. Yes. Yeah, we seem to be doing the right things, which, again, I go back to if you do the right things, then, you know, it resonates with people and they'll want to want to learn more. So I, I believe that that's the that's the trend we seem to be on. And we have a new show coming in Colorado. Uh, which I'm very excited about. Stay tuned for that. And also, um, we I'm, I'm looking at probably starting a new financial show. I'll be on it some, but we'll have other people hosted as well. It's going to be called Masters of the Universe. And so, um, you know, I find it odd, you know, that other networks are launching kind of similar stuff right in the middle of if you eat oatmeal every day, this is what happens, and parasites are multiplying in your body at a tremendous rate. You better do this. So, you know, this is, uh, we're real news. We're not that. So go to our Rumble channel, CDM1, and check it out. And uh, anyway, that's all I have, Christine. 
So I guess we'll sign off to, and to everyone that's out there. Thank you for watching us. Thank you for supporting us. And Happy New Year to everybody around the world. Yes, very much so. Thank yep. you. Happy Take New care. Year. New Year.